everyone. This podcast is brought to you by Global Shop Solutions ERP Software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Upset Swing the VA Draft Podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. And we're going to do a little mailbag today, kind of getting back in the swing of things. Uh, I How frequent we're going to be before the season really gets going is a bit of a question. But pretty soon, I think we're going to get to a point where we're trying to do two a week. So look forward to that. And as always, I'm joined by my two podcast co-hosts, my, my partners in crime, my best friends, Coop Stone, my friends. How you doing? Doing well. Um, excited to start the 2023 cycle. Um, it's been good to take a bit of a break, uh, but uh, I've been getting more and more into basketball each day and watching more. So um, excited to start talking about that. Yeah, I'm having a good day. Uh, ready to get right into it and get back, you know, moving forward, getting the momentum back up, you know, just ready to talk ball again all the time with y'all. I've been missing it. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of feels like, you know, sometimes when you're at this point, you're sort of in a bit of a dead zone with, with men's basketball. Obviously the WNBA playoffs are going on right now, but there's no college season. AAU is pretty much done. Uh, high school hasn't yet started. So you're kind of in this like, dead zone a little bit but uh you know that's plenty of time to go back and watch some other guys yeah like i said we're gonna do a mailbag i put out we put out a thing for mailbag questions be on the lookout we're probably going to do about a mailbag a week more or less going forward so or, or even like we'll just take a couple questions a week and answer them at the end of other pods stuff like that uh just as a way to keep you guys engaged and, and so we know that we're hitting on things you guys want us to talk about while also still talking about what we want to talk about uh, and I think we should just dive right into the questions. Um, there's uh, a lot of fun stuff here. Uh, it's obviously mostly 2023 draft related. Um, and, you know, it's a fun, it, this is like a, an incredibly fun cycle uh, to be looking forward to. I just did a pod, uh, the Believe in Wizards pod with Matt Moderno, and, and we were previewing this draft. And it's like, you know, there are so many names that I just felt like bringing up. And I, I think we can kind of overhype it before the season starts. And I think uh, maybe this talk we can get a little bit tempered down, but at the same time, it is incredibly exciting. There's a lot to look forward to. So just jumping right into it. The first question is from Drew Gooden suit at Drew Gooden suit on, on Twitter, uh, all time, all time handle, which freshman that is commonly mocked in the lotto do you think is most likely to fall or return for a sophomore year? So this is kind of interesting because like what determines commonly mocked in the lotto right now is a little difficult. So we might've stretched this to just kind of names that people are assuming are one and done, or, you know, maybe some will have top 10, but not necessarily consensus lotto because with the, a draft that's as strong as we all think it, it all think this draft is there's pretty few, like just, this is obviously just a, you know, top 10 guy who's probably going to return. So with that being said, kind of that caveat out of the way, Coop, I'll throw this to you. Do you have a name or two of, of guys who you think are, are right now seen as one and done? So you guys either see returning or, you know, maybe doing the BJ Boston fall to the fifties because their freshman season is just that disappointing. Uh, well, the one that I can really see that uh, I don't want to, I don't want to steal stones because I think I know stones, but uh, Amari Bailey at a UCLA, uh, you know, going to UCLA and being a freshman is uh, probably the worst thing you could possibly do for your prospect dump, um, unless you're like a 23-year-old ISO player as a, a freshman. Uh, 
and Bailey, I just, I don't know if he's like, a, like you talked about, I don't really know if he's like a lock to go in the lotto or like according to preseason boards. Uh, but I kind of get the vibe that he's around there. Uh, just super talked about as a one and done guy. He's kind of small and can't really ball handle. Uh, and I'm just kind of worried about what that freshman season is going to look like. I think it's probably going to be closer to that. Uh, like you talked about the BJ Boston thing where he's probably still going to try to go pro just kind of the vibe I get, but uh, I can see his season being really disappointing under a war criminal Mick Cronin. Yeah. I think Bailey's a, a good pick here specifically because like I, He's someone who's just been presumed to go pro for the longest time. I believe there was a period of time he was the number one player in this class, and he ended the, his senior season as the number four player uh, on 247, I think, something like that. Um, so he's kind of just been seen as this top guy. But it's also like I feel like there's not a ton of excitement around his game. I mean, he's 6'2", and he's a good two-foot athlete. I, I think the handle's all right in isolation, but he's not like a great pick-and-roll player. He's kind of like just an interesting, like, what is he question. Um, but uh, I'm interested to see what that looks like. And, and I'm with you that UCLA is just such a horrible context for him, especially because he's sort of redundant with the player on their roster. Um, uh, Jalen Clark, I think I'm, bl- I might bl- I'm blanking on his name a little bit, but he's like a six, five defensive minded guard who can score in isolation and not much else. Uh, and, and Mick Cronin just likes his, likes his older guys. That's just how it goes. Um, I'll go with, I'll, I'll give two kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. Gigi Jackson, who reclassed was the number one player in the 2023, uh, high school recruiting class reclassed to the 2022 class and is now, uh, going to South Carolina. Um, I just don't like one, I think South Carolina is rough for him. I don't think they have great playmaking guards or great spacing for him to play. And he's kind of like a, like a skilled big he's he's a good like he's a good athlete I don't think he's an elite athlete um he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Damasinogo um with maybe a little bit more ball handling and a bit more explosiveness but I just I, I just don't really see it with him he's just never someone who I've been really in on and I feel like um uh, 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 I, I could be missing some things there I haven't watched him super in depth but uh, I just feel like that archetype in South Carolina's context is just not super uh, confluent. And, and, and Jackson specifically is not one of these guys who I think has done enough at the high school level that he is, he can make a draft case based just on that. Like he may be in like the fifties, but I'm not sure if he's like a lock top 30 pick, even if he barely plays his freshman year, like, like Shaden Sharp, because like, I just don't think that's who he is. And then I'll also say real fast, someone who I actually like a lot, but I could see saying two years, it's Kassan Wallace. Kentucky's just really weird. I, I don't know how that roster shakes out. I think Kassan is really good. He's an awesome defender, uh, good passer, even if the handle's not there. I think he can shoot. Um, but I could just see it kind of being like a two-year thing, like an Emmanuel Quickly or Marcus Smart, where it just takes two years for this person to really kind of get themselves into a roster that makes sense with them as the focal point because right now in Kentucky's roster he's not the focal point he's kind of in this weird role uh so those are the two guys for me stone is there anyone that stands out to you as a potential not one and done 
Well, I had to do a little bit of digging since Cooper stole my answer, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Judah Mintz here. I really like Judah Mintz. I think for me, he'd be pushing towards a top 10 guy on my board right now. I'm not convinced that that's how uh, Bayheim's going to see it at Syracuse. Um, Syracuse, along the same lines as UCLA, just ruined prospects. Um, <laughs> and it's really unfortunate. Um, I think it's more uh, same with Bailey, um, even though I like Mintz more than Bailey, I think that it has more to do along the lines with context rather than talent. Um, the hope is Mintz's talent, you know, outshines any sort of context that he's put into and he's just um, that good that he's able to come out in year one. But um, I'm not 100% convinced that that's going to be the case just because Syracuse is just so inept and uh, incompetent with the talent that they generally have. So hopefully that isn't the case for, for Mintz, but um, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, uh, I definitely I definitely get where you're coming from there. Uh, moving on to, we have two questions from Matt Wolfsculture, one of the best friends of the pod. Um, we'll start with favorite non-scoot Ignite prospect. Um, I think Leonard Miller is the best one, but I don't want to talk about him because I want to talk about F.A. Obagidi, obviously. Um, F.A. is someone who is your dream role man to play with Scoot because he gets on top of the rim really fast. He can really get up for lobs, uh, just really long and, and uh, covers ground well. He can maybe shoot. I, I don't know if I bet on that. The form itself looks really bad. He's really long, great athlete, good finisher, great touch with his right hand. And then defensively is obviously like the big sell with him. He's just an awesome shot blocker, excellent feel and timing on blocks. Uh, can, can be a little lost in rotation, but specifically as the five, which he will get to play with the Ignite. Like he looks excellent as a defender. Um, I think he's a real first round prospect. Uh, he has been in my first round for two years now, obviously didn't go uh, in the draft, but I think the Ignite is a great context for him. And I think we're going to see him really shine there. Uh, next to players like Miller and Scoot, who can really uh, make some plays. Uh, Coop, who's your kind of favorite non-Scooting that guy? Well, uh, the answer is Leonard Miller, um, but I don't really – like we talked about him. We did a whole podcast on Leonard Miller. Um, so because I know Bryce is a hater, I'm going to talk about my favorite name in the entire 2023 NBA draft, Mojave King out of uh, – out of the NBL, uh, 6'5 wing, uh, can shoot the ball, can defend, uh, has a lot of energy, pretty athletic, uh, you know, had, hasn't had a major role on, on any of the teams he's played for, and hopefully he'll just be able to come over to the Ignite and uh, play just a small shooting role, throw some connective passes, uh, you know, get out in transition, throw down some, some nasty slams. Uh, just really bring some excitement and some athleticism to the team and, and defend at a, a moderate level. Uh, you know, it gets a lot of disrespect uh, from everyone. So I, I, I had to prop, prop my guy up. Uh, what a dub. Um, to be fair, the question is favorite, not best. So um, both of you guys did take that. Mojave King's up there for me in terms of favorite. But uh, I think that for me, City Sissoko straddles that line between favorite and best. I would actually have him probably above Leonard Miller at this point. I'm that in on Sissoko. I think that um, as a jumbo initiating wing, um, he's just really interesting. Uh, somebody that um, shows some of that pull-up ability 
can really um, pass on the move, um, can defend at the point of attack. There's just so many things that he can do well, uh, much like Leonard Miller, but um, a better shooter. So I'm pretty in on Sissoko. Uh, I really am excited to watch this Ignite team as a whole. There's going to be so much fun to be had. Most excited I've been for any Ignite team so far since its conception. So I'm really um, looking forward to uh, everybody on this roster and what they could bring and how it all fits together. But Sissoko for me would be the answer here. Yeah, this this roster's got to have some shooters, Nick. So you, I, I straight up don't think you can start those five, like their five prospects together. Like well, uh, Scoot, Mojave, uh, City, Leonard Miller, and FA. Like, can't, I don't think you could just play those five. There's just no real shooting there. The only kind of shooters are both fake good shooters because Mojave and FA are not actually good shooters right now. Uh, City shot like, I want to say he shot like five threes a game and shot like 26 and a half percent as like in his last season in France. So uh, just a real mess of stuff right there. They got to, they got to find some shooters to mix in, but it's going to be really fun. Another question from Wolves uh, that I actually find really hard to answer if I'm being honest, like I haven't done a ton of research in this area yet. And also a lot of the internationals I am in on are going to college. They're, uh, they, they've decided that they want to go the college route. Uh, but he asked top three, five non-Wemby internationals. Um, I am going to cop out and just take some of the college names. Uh, you know, I really like Bob Miller. I think he's awesome. I think he's really fun. Um, definitely worth um for me betting on that florida state is obviously one of my favorite watches they always have been uh that doesn't really change here um <laughs> arthur kaluma is technically an international as well <laughs> he's a returner uh, but he's technically an international um i'm honestly like like even just so i'm looking through this I, i'll admit i'm cheating right now i'm looking at a mock draft you know they mentioned nicola dursic I wasn't – what I've seen of him, I wasn't super in on. Usmana NDA or NJ probably, uh, I haven't seen at all. If I'm being if I'm being honest, it's a name I've heard, but I have not watched him yet. Uh, internationals think, is always the thing I get to last in the game. But you're forgetting your boy. I am. Yeah. Roko. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's so – he's so – you're right. He's very good, <laughs> but it's so hard to, like – like consider him at this point uh with all the stuff that's there's so on, much but... pain in your voice talking yeah. about about yeah. roco <laughs> uh are there any names that i didn't mention that you guys uh have on the tip of your tongue go ahead stone i have a few um so someone that i liked last year that just wasn't ready um is fedor zujic i think that um he's a really fantastic shooter um i'm really excited to see what he can do uh i know i think if I'm not mistaken, he played in Germany last year. I know he's from Montenegro. Um, just a really good uh, shooter all the way around. Um, he needs to learn to develop more than that offensively. Um, I think that right now that's sort of his calling card and that's sort of what he relies upon. But I think that there is a little bit more to be had. He's still really young. I don't think he's even turned 19 yet. But um, I, th I think that if he can flash more things in his offensive arsenal outside of just the shooting and how electric it can be in that um, he'll, he'll be an interesting guy for me this year. Another person I mentioned him last year, I think for one of the tail of the tape guys, I'm really hoping that uh, this is sort of a little bit more of a breakout for him is Michael Caicedo. Um, I think that he 
is a really really um intriguing guy at he, i think he's listed at like six six or six seven he might be a little bigger than that barcelona and he's from spain um so i'm really excited to hopefully see a little bit more um minutes for him this year and maybe he can squeak into the the draft um and there is one more person i'm trying to think off the top of my head uh, if you have anybody, Cooper, to stall, will I? Yeah. Uh, so I have one guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal Bryce's um, theme of going with college guys. Uh, Lebanese forward Yusuf Kayat, uh, six foot eight. Um, I was put onto him by PD, and I uh, I went on a little bit of a of a tear of watching him, and uh, he's freaky. He's he's real freaky in the best possible way. Uh, just a crazy mover defender. Uh, so much energy, so much intensity has, a uh, you know, great feel for the game. Uh, like basically made in a lab to be my favorite kind of player. Absolutely love him. And then uh, somebody who I need to watch, but who uh, my friend James put me on a little bit is James Naji, uh, center out of Barcelona. Uh, I haven't seen much of him. Oh, Bryce. Oh, no. Oh, I haven't watched him, uh, but he's you know. massive um, and he's very traditional. He reminds me a lot of Ibu Baji, actually. Yeah, that's oh. where I was going to go oh, with Baji. it. Oh, uh, there's Ooh. one name I didn't mention in the college guys, by the way. Tyrese Proctor, uh, probably also in PD's piece. Everyone go read PD's piece on his. Uh, I can't remember if it was on Patreon or if it was on Cerebro. I can't remember. That's where his work is split between, but um, it's great, obviously. And uh, he talked about Crocker as well. And I don't, I'm not a huge Crocker fan, but he is uh, an international playing at Duke. I'm sure I, I'm fairly confident he will be a one and done unless he absolutely just bombs. Um, but he's kind of, he kind of reminds me a little bit of like Gary Trent, honestly. Uh, probably a slightly better passer, but really cannot dribble. Um, the defense is kind of the swing skill for him. Um, all right, I think that's probably about good. On... My, oh, go the last guy I just wanted to bring up was, uh, I believe it's Rayan Rupert. Um, he's going to be playing in the NBL this year. I haven't seen a ton of him, so I'm not going to act like I really know his game a whole lot. But he, from what I've seen, um, has a lot of parallels to um, to uh, Caicedo. So I, I'm interested to see, because we all love these these long lanky wings that sort of do a lot of things so hopefully in the nbl um he'll he'll carve out a role there too and one final guy just to squeeze him in is juan nunez because uh, i think that he's a really awesome defender uh in real madrid and uh he's still really really young so we'll see if this is going to be his year that he can come out and produce enough to to be able to but um he's someone that caught my eye last year when watching uh madrid and i think that uh, in an increased role, hopefully that he can he can show more offense this season. Yeah, I believe uh, we made it through a, a whole international segment without Stone talking about Jambor Maranca. Yeah, this is, a, this is big um, progress. Honestly, I don't actually. I, I just don't generally love the international. Now, now that you say some of those names, like I've seen Rupert and Nunez, and I honestly didn't think they were even eligible for this draft. I thought they were a year away, um, but I I can't say I was uh, super impressed. Um, but moving on to this is from Jordan Ennis, uh, Aperture, 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 Preacher. I've never actually learned how to say that username. 
Who do you like more, Drace Walker or Gigi Jackson? This is super easy. It's Drace Walker. Uh, Drace Walker was someone I was out on for before his senior year and then just took major, major strides uh, his senior season, I thought, and, and kind of blew up in a way I didn't expect. He's going to Houston, going to play under uh, one of the top two coaches in college basketball, um, and I think that's great for him. Uh, he's my second favorite prospect on Houston, but he is playing at Houston, and, and he's very good. Uh, and again, I mentioned I'm not a huge Jackson guy. Do you guys have any any takes here, Coop? I, if you want to talk about Jarius Walker real fast, you're more than welcome to. Go Cougs! Uh, yeah, Jarius is is the best. Um, best player in the country, best player in the conference, best player. Uh, no, I, I I do like him more than Gigi Jackson, though. Uh, you know, just really solid defensive instincts. Uh, I'm really just excited to see what uh, Kelvin Sampson can do this year with somebody who can actually dribble that isn't like a guard. Uh, just really, really excited uh, to see what he can do for this Cougs team this year. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on to Tim Smith uh, at QK Hoops. Uh, where do you guys stand on length versus strength argument that has been relevant the past years with Koku, Mobley, Chet, and of course, Wemby being more specific. How do you think plus length can compensate for a lack of, of strength, lower up your general? I think something I've learned is that strength isn't always just visible, right? Like, like it's not always just how someone looks. Uh, I think Chet, really put this up because like Mobley for as good as Mobley is did have some times where he could get bullied versus Chet really never has gotten bullied in all my time watching him uh and I think it's just because Chet is stronger than like he looks like he looks super skinny and he is and and against the Embiid's of the world as everyone does he will probably get pushed around a little bit but um I think that uh, you know strength is Strength is honestly, to me, most important in wings compared to bigs. Like, I think it matters a lot for wing creators to be able to use their strength to their advantage. Uh, I think of guys like Kawhi or Jason Tatum, uh, even Jalen Brown. There's a lot of guys who can, um, you know, win with strength at the wing. I think it's less important from bigs anymore. What's more important is uh, feel uh, for pick and roll defense uh, and length. I think length is... Uh, maybe the most important thing you could have as a big prospect uh, anymore. Um, Coop Stone, where do you guys kind of fall with this? For me, this is sort of a cop and answer, but it's, I, I always love prospects that do the most with the gifts that they have. And so for me, it's, if a guy is strong, does he use that better, that strength in, in more ways to create more advantages than someone that is long? Um, it's, it's really just how they use it for me. Um, if, a player is really, really strong and they um, continuously take advantage of that to um, bully opponents in, in various aspects. Uh, or if they're super long and can finish through guys because of the length uh, or get deflections or blocks or things like that, um, then, uh, you know, I'm just going to value whoever does it better with the gifts that they're given. Um, I think uh, with Chet, it really sort of even opened my eyes further as to how much length can really cover for things um especially defensively like when he's out on the perimeter just how much ground he can really cover with that wingspan and and uh take away advantages so quickly so there's an argument for me there's a stronger argument for me with with length versus strength but for me it really comes down to how well the prospect utilizes 
either of which that they're they're better at and how how well they maximize that yeah uh i stone picking things out of my brain and 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 stealing them and saying them uh and yeah i as long as you know what you are good at and a prospect is able to use what they have effectively that's really what matters i think that uh i maybe value length a little bit more but I mean, the best thing you can do is have a combination of both is be long and strong. Um, and then you can both, you know, use that strength to not get bullied and still have that length. And uh, I mean, the best players in the league are long and strong forwards and bigs and guards. Uh, you have to have a combination that works for you and your game style and your, you know, your play. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I will say I'm a bit biased towards length, um, but, you know, that's that is definitely biased. And I think there's that balance that it's important. Next from Asperger's v. Everybody, uh, is Stone a mere man or something more? Uh, Stone does not get to answer this. Instead, Coop, is Stone mere mortal or is he more? Well, when we were at Summer League, uh, Stone, just all the things he did, you know, the way he acted, the way that he you know, approached Shams Charania on the urinal and asked him about the Kyrie trade and dapped him up and, and stalked him a little bit. I, I think it really convinced me that he is no mere mortal. You know, I think he really is something more. There's just so much constantly going on in, in that brain of his that uh, just, just elevate him from the rest of us. So, uh, yeah, they, they, that was a great question. I, I think he's something more. I like to think of Stone as sort of uh, like maybe I you know heaven sent is a word, but I don't, I don't know that it's heaven. I I mean it's just he's he's just from a plane above. It's it's know? somewhere else. Yeah, that he's is not here. He's just, <laughs> it, he, it's other dimensional, or he just he just it, he's definitely something more. What that thing is, absolutely beyond our comprehension. Uh, moving on. Thoughts on this. This is from at underscore SF hoops. Um, thoughts on Keontae George's athleticism first vertical pop and finishing at the rim in college. Um, I'll, I'll go first here. I've actually watched a lot of Keontae recently. Uh, I think it's worrying. Like I'm very worried about his rim pressure, uh, his ability to finish above the rim, just his general finishing. Like I'm not super confident in him as even a below the rim finisher. Like he's not, uh, you know, AJ Hogard as a below the rim finisher or anything like I just I I really worry about Keontae's athleticism in general uh and just like what he is as like a points point guard sized player who I don't think does a lot of point guard things super well um, I think he is a great shooter and he's a pretty good defender for what for what he is um but yeah I, I think I think um Baylor's gonna be an interesting spot Baylor's also gonna have pretty poor spacing I think uh, which is not a surprise. Baylor usually doesn't have the greatest spacing in the world. Um, but I, I'm just, I, I'm very interested. Uh, Stone, have you seen much uh, Keontae and, and how do you feel about his athleticism and, and finishing? So I'll preface this by saying I've really only seen IMG games from Keontae from what I have heard that uh, FIBA and other things um, have been like a complete 180 for Keontae. I can't really speak on that because I haven't seen it yet. Um, but from what I've seen in IMG, uh, Keontae George is a mere prospect and not something more. Um, I think that he 
is uh, really underwhelming offensively for me. Um, defensively, I thought he was very impressive. One of my favorite probably guard defenders in this class, I thought as a point of attack, I uh, re- we talked about strength. I think he uses his very well um, as a defender. Doesn't really get bumped off course or anything when guys are driving. But uh, offensively, I think from what I saw at IMG, that there is um, – more work to be done there and I'm not super confident in what ways that easily becomes accessible to him over the course of his freshman season uh, to make him the prospect that a lot of people are are sort of placing him as preseason so that's sort of the way I would put it Um, and I do think that from now on we should have a a segment um, is he a prospect or something more so that's that's my pitch to you guys and I think we should do that that sounds great. Um, I, I think we should make Stone just come up with um, massive 10-minute spiels on every single prospect, whether uh, they're a mere mortal or not. You know, but, the worst uh, thing is I would get I, I would get way too nervous. Like, I had to, like, I struggled to not, like, make comic book references when talking about Stone as, like, I almost said, like, you know, he's he's from beyond the source wall, which I'm sure no one... I, that makes okay. no sense. It's um, okay. But... It's like I have to like I have to be careful if if we do do that because I at some point I will just go off and say some like extra nerdy shit because DC specifically which is my favorite has like a very like constructed multiverse it's all like Marvel where it's just like oh basically anything could happen no there's 52 Earths and they exist in a <laughs> bottle that's run by these guys called the monitors and and anyways it's a whole thing but it's like like I, I would have to try to hone that in so just be I mean, warned who, who would have thought war. that the uh the massive basketball nerds who do the nerdiest basketball podcast are also nerds about other things oh, who yeah. who could have seen that coming you know what's when i played basketball basically everyone like just, like like you could just look at me and know like oh that dude he like like he does more than like hoop and and you know like a lot of basketball <laughs> He's players something are, more yeah <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of hoopers anymore are into anime and i i can't stand anime so like i've replaced that with comics and that's like my you know that's my nerdy thing to be into but there's all i i feel like every basketball player or basketball writer has like at least one thing where it's like oh they're secretly like just a giant fucking nerd like they're never as cool as they pretend to be when you think basketball player you know so miles anyways. turner is like the biggest lego fan ever so and good there's, for him, man. Good for hey, him. I'm, I mean, not, I'm not hating on him. Yeah, that. no, great for him. I mean, I you just saw the the Zion coming out talking about how much he loves anime. So I mean, there's a everybody's in this. Like, Wasn't Jalen Brown like on the chess team or something before coming out? So I think yeah. that there's a lot of nerds out there in the Jaylen NBA. Jalen Brown's like a, like a legit G. I mean, he went to Cal. Oh yeah, no, he's like a he's like yeah legit. Grant Williams is like the, the biggest settlers of Catan player in the league or something. There's a, there's a lot. <laughs> this of is uh, this giving me some. I can't. Flashbacks. Okay, Grant, I would. Grant I, Williams' mom is actually really really into you know this obscure '90s sitcom. I would I would I would absolutely play settlers of Catan with with grant williams that sounds like a blast i feel like he'd boss me around the whole time like that's definitely like the vibe i get from grant williams like uh anyways should we move on uh i don't know if y'all answer this oh this is from uh at ballerness 13 uh uh does Wemby's size worry you about potential fruitier injuries as well <laughs> i'm guessing he meant future injuries 
but through your injuries also like sounds like it could be a thing <laughs> uh as well as having a good amount of injuries already uh yeah i think if there's one worry about Wemby, it's that he can get injured and usually i don't like to get up like like chet and mobley there was very little reason other than oh they look skinny to think that they would be injury prone in the league so i didn't have those doubts but i've heard from from some people that I trust more than myself that Wembenyama stuff is worrying and there are legitimate worries that, um, you know, he could be another Zion type and you still take Zion top three, but, and you might even take him one, but it's also like, especially now you can see the argument for taking John Morant one over Zion, who's been more injury prone. And when you have to weigh those things uh, in a draft like this, it'll be really interesting. Um, So it is a worry for me. It's not necessarily because of his size, it's more because there are legitimate past injury things that could potentially lead to other injuries. But I will say, I don't know how much I will factor that stuff into my rankings because my knowledge is, is fairly limited there. I've taken one kinesiology class and that's, and, and, and I fucked up my own knee and that's like the extent of my, of my knowledge for injury stuff and everything else is, uh, kind, I don't want to say hearsay because it's from people I trust, but, I can only take their word so far. If I'm not hearing from legitimate medical examiners exactly what's wrong. But yeah, uh, Coop, do you, I mean, uh, there's only so much to say on this, I guess, but like, do you have any specific thoughts here uh, on Wemby's injury stuff? Just that there's been like two or three just random injuries that have been piling up. Uh, and there's been reports that he's like seven, five or whatever. I don't know how much I believe him. I haven't seen him, uh, but I mean, it's, yeah, like you were talking about, it's definitely something to be worried about. Uh, and it's really easy for us to sit here and, and be like, oh, well, you still got to take him one no matter what, uh, when we're not the ones worrying about, you know, paying him. And then, you know, Zion got a super max contract after paying, playing like 80 games or something. Uh, you know, it's easy for us to sit here and be like, yeah, I'm f- I'd be fine with paying Wemby $200 million or whatever uh but we're not decision makers not really our our jobs um but it is it's the the scary thing about Wemby so it's it's tough to gauge yeah I mean as someone that at one point was pursuing uh physical therapy as a uh career many moons ago I don't have any of Wemby's medical records, so I can't speak. Like, even if you have that knowledge, which I, I don't really because it was so long ago, but um, even if someone did have that knowledge, there's it doesn't mean much if you don't have, like, the actual reports or records or anything that's been going on with Wemby, which none of us don't. Um, and for me, the way I sort of approach this, not just with Wemby, but with any prospect, is, yeah, okay, if they've had injuries leading up to it so be it but if nothing appears to be chronic which at this point seems to be the case with Wemby I haven't seen anything of like consistent nagging injuries that are like pretty serious then it's it's pretty out of sight out of mind for me like if there's that's sort of the only way I can approach it without having any records in front of me if there's something where it's a foot injury then a wrist injury then whatever there's nothing chronic going on there from what I can see on the outside. So for me, it's not much of a concern as opposed to with like Michael Porter Jr. where it was 
pretty clear that there's going to be chronic issues moving forward with his back um, once he got into the NBA, regardless of, you know, where he went or whatever. So without that being the case for Wemby, injuries don't really scare me because there's no signs of chronic things up until this point for me. Well, and I'll say too, like, and this could be aesthetic bias, but like with Porter Jr. specifically, like you just could watch that dude walk around and you're like, oh, something is wrong. Like I saw him play live in high school and I was like, something is, is like not right there. Like someone's got to pray to the rosary over that dude. Like he should not, he would like walk like with like a hitch and like a shoulder, like move like every time. And it's like, you can sometimes just tell, I haven't seen any of that with Webby, but every time Michael Porter Jr. gets brought up or like or, Zion too, like had like a super Den- fucked up. Yeah. Game, like Dennis Smith Jr. Had multiple lower body injuries when it's something that's happen multiple times and it's clear that it's going to be like a chronic thing moving forward that's when I really start to take injuries into consideration so far with me that's not the case with Wemby so I'm not too concerned about it yeah all right moving on to the last question this is from at Manila I think so Manila yeah that's that's my boy Jared okay he's at yeah he's great and then the last question was from my boy Josh those are those are All great right. dudes. Love Jared guys. Jared period says it's early, but where do you see Nick Smith being drafted at the draft board today? Does he remind you of anyone currently in the league? Well, I think I'll, I'll start with where he will he would be drafted. If if the draft was tomorrow, he'd probably be a top five pick. Um, he wouldn't be top five on my board, but I think he would be a top five pick. Like all the mock drafts seem to have him three or four right now. It's it's obviously Wemby Scoot, and then it seems to be Nick Smith next on a lot of them. Then like. Uh, Dariq or Camp Whitmore, I mean, Anthony Black, maybe. I, I'm i a little lower. He's my honestly my third favorite prospect on that Arkansas team. That's not really a knock on him. I like the other two prospects there, but, um, you know, that's just kind of where I'm at with him. I think he's pretty good. I mean, if, if I'm thinking of comparisons, like the high end, you see 6'5", lanky, smooth guard, uh, who isn't like an ultra athlete, but somehow manages to get to the rim all the time. Like your brain just goes to Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um I think that's obviously probably a little like, like steep for anyone because Shea is really good. Um, but I think there's upside for him to be a legitimately very good combo guard type. Uh, he reminds me, uh, I'm honestly blanking on names. Uh, I'm horrible at comps partially because I just don't have like a wealth of knowledge, but he's just really smooth. Like that's like how you would describe his game. He's got like a slithery handle. The burst is solid uh, and he manages to get to the rim, get in the floater range all the time uh is there's issues there that we'll talk about later but uh yeah coop stone does does he remind you of anyone where do you think he would go just general nick smith thoughts not a big fan personally uh and i'm not one for comp so uh it's difficult for me to try to make one that doesn't come across as like unbiased or anything um but i do think if the draft were today probably a top four guy that is is headed to um the nba so yeah, I, I think the general populace is going to be very on high on him throughout this cycle um, and already is before it's really even started. So uh, I don't really see much changing for him in terms of his stock moving forward. Yeah, I, I'm going to say the prerequisite. I suck at comps. Uh, that's why I don't do them. But uh, maybe like a, a CJ McCollum uh, just has like a weird athleticism uh that he kind of uses to just get to his spots and do whatever isn't like the best playmaker uh but does enough um and like you guys said 
top four or five pick. I mean, I would have him lower than that, but uh, that boy nice. That boy smooth. So, uh, you know, he's he's going to be a little bit higher than right now than he probably will be or go uh, by the end of the year. Yeah, I think, you know, um, Smith is is just – he's part of the symphony that makes – I mean, Arkansas will be appointment viewing. They're one of four or five teams where I will watch just every single game they play this year. Um, you know, it's going to be them, Duke, WSU, obviously, probably Florida State. Uh, and one more probably sneak in there. Houston maybe uh, depends on how, if if Arsenal gets early playing time, then Houston. If Arsenal doesn't get early playing time, then probably not Houston. But you know, every week I I get to so many games, right? And and it tends to be you know they're scheduled for certain guys or but you know I always watch the two from like four or five teams that just played, and, and Arkansas is already one of those because they have four guys I would have as first rounders right now. Um, anyways, that's about all I got. Uh, this was a kind of a short one. Expect more of these kind of mailbag uh, tweets to come out that you guys can can like and review. Expect. I'm guessing our next pod is going to be a guest pod looking at uh, something or other. Um, we'll figure that out when we get there. But uh, for Coop, at Alley underscore Oop underscore Coop. For Sonat Report underscore Court, I'm at Bryce Under 14. Follow us on Upside Swings on Twitter and TikTok and maybe YouTube soon uh, if I can make some time. Now that school is starting, I'm slightly nervous about time consumption, but I, I believe in myself. Um, and yeah, that's about all we got. This for the Upside Swings at the Draft Podcast. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you. We once again like to thank our sponsors at GlobalShopSolution.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thank you.